Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. What's up, you gruesome twosome? <laughs> <laughs> you four-eyed freaks. <laughs> How you fellas doing? Not too, not too shabby. I feel like it's been a long time since I've seen your mugs. Am I wrong in saying this? It has, man. I think it's been like a, a month or something. Two weeks. It's, it, feel, it, feel, it feels like a long time. It feels like a bloody eternity, right? I, but I would have seen you at the weekend, Kev, but you were too busy going to see Mary Poppins. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was saying the West End, catching it, sitting with my fellow thespians. Were you taking in a... Taking in a West End show? Did you actually go to see Mary Poppins? No, I don't fuck. Uh, <laughs> I went and seen um Well the week prior my dad was down and I took him to see uh, my mum and dad took him to see uh the mousetrap, the oldest running play in uh, the West End, I'll have you know. And before you ask, I'm not telling you who done it. <laughs> that's the that's the we like to keep that secret in the mousetrap. Oh uh, right, very good. You'll have to go and see for yourself. <laughs> and then just there I went and seen uh, my pal was doing Lee, shouts to Lee, big podcast listener. And uh, having his missus, we 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 took them to see uh, we took them to see they paid for their own tickets um, to, to see Come From Away, which is a play about nine uh, eleven and this little town in Canada that took when it, when a plane went down and landed because there was there were no more flights in the airspace, uh, it took them all in and, and made them a home. And I must say, highly reviewed, fantastic, fantastic reviews. Wasn't a fan. Nah. <laughs> nah, wasn't a fan. Didn't, didn't do it for you? It takes a lot to tickle my willy. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot to tickle my fancy. So uh, I'm, a, I'm a big, big, big playhead. Was, you got, it, uh, was this a play as opposed to a musical? No, it was a musical, and I think that was the problem. The, the songs weren't up to scratch. No. I mean, for my fellow thespians, my fellow theatre goers out there, if you've ever seen the likes of Hamilton, you'll say, wow. That right there, that's acting, that's theater. tear That's theater. tear uh, This was not, this was uh, Boomtang trash <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, when you were there Did you feel as if It could be something you would do To tread the board yourself <laughs> <laughs> Take centre stage The spotlight the, the latter stages of my career Pantomime 
pantomime <laughs> Aladdin. Pantomime villain. Jafar. Kero Khan as Jafar. Marvel Civic. Who would you? That's a good one. Then who would you play as if? Remember, we've done the acting. You would you say? Uh, you said could, I you the, could I be the Phantom of the Opera? You could be Phantom of the Opera. That's good. You go. That. That's a good one for you. Phantom of the Opera. A musical genius who haunts a, an opera. <laughs> <laughs> is that what the Phantom of the Opera is about? I think it is. Aye, aye. Well, there's a lot of comparisons been drawn now to Kanye in the Phantom of the Opera. Because he's, he's, he's not stadium. He's not left that stadium in two weeks. <laughs> What's he doing? He done a thing for his album two weeks ago in this football stadium in Atlanta, and his album was meant to come out the next day, and then it didn't, and he's not left the stadium since then. And they've been playing, they've been playing soccer games in it, and he's still been there working on his album. He's been coming out in the crowd and stuff like that. But he's doing a, another event tonight, and the album should come out tomorrow. Probably the new Wi-Fi. Probably. Can of got uploaded? Maybe we should uh, rent out Fur Park for our album. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, cause mind, I mind the Wi-Fi at uh, Hamden, you can only be on it for an hour at a time. Aye. So maybe that's what can That's probably why then, he can't get it uploaded to Spotify. Somebody throw that guy some bandwidth. Aye, we should get Thur Park and record the album, the new album. Host a listening event. That'd be class. Fill a full stand, fill a... We could probably do it in the Thur Park Club, the, the wee function room. <laughs> the, the, the 100 Club. Yeah, the 100 Club. <laughs> Sorry, how was, how was your uh, time in the big smoke, Jimmy? Aye, it was brilliant, man. Great down here, eh? Um, Did my people invite you? Uh, all, all nice to you, my people? Aye, it was, it was, uh, it was really good. Um, We're not that bad as English, are we? We're not that bad. I originally tried to stay at an Airbnb with Abdul in Brixton. Mm-hmm. And Abdul couldn't accommodate me. And then... Why? Tried an, an, I don't know, just... Un, unspecified <laughs> Cause, reasons? Because all my reviews say that I steal everything. <laughs> 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 no, I don't know, it just says I couldn't... It was like too soon or something like that. It didn't even, oh. I don't know. And then I tried to get another one. Then it was too soon and I was like, fuck it. And then I booked the, the Park Plaza. Oof. N- nice digs. No expense spared. What? Friday night I was over at my brother's bit and it was a good good squad of the family doing. For London, FA, like Scotland. And then the Saturday was my sister's 40th. It was a wee, a wee like upstairs room in a pub in Brixton. Do you still... Wear your mask and all that going about, okay? I, I still wear it, mate. I, I feel weird not wearing it. Like, I can't, uh, if I wanted to travel on the subway, I'll wear it. Taxi, I'll wear it. Going to Tesco, I'll wear it. Are most people the same? I feel like younger it's people. Half and half. I, I feel like younger people right. are kind of the same. But sorry, maybe that's unfair, actually. I think it's just half and half across the board. Right. Um. I was uh, I was in a pub in, on the Friday night and I was going for a, a pee, but put my. Put my snood on, go for the fish, and then two lasses walk past me like, Oh, bless him, he's wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Got a pretty disappointing email today, didn't we? We, d- we did, I. So last time we were on the cast, we were uh, full of the, the hee-haw, the uproar, the, the boom-bap, about the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> about the, uh, <laughs> the Europa song. Could I read out, read out the, re- the rejection? Read out the rejection. And and also, there's a reason, I think what a lot of people like about this cast is, is we wear we wear our hearts on our sleeve. We, uh, we, it's a no-hold-bars, it's a hardcore match, it's a TLC <laughs> here of, uh, of facts. And 
and all we've done is we told you BTF came calling they want that Fontaine touch we wrote it on the cast no harm done and it's a good thing for any any kind of budding musicians out there any Anyone at all in, 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 in any, any walk of life, you need to become immu- immune to rejection. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and and actually, you need to get in your mind state that you're actually creating for it never to work. Now that's a weird one again. That's a weird one again. As soon as as soon as you can come to terms with that, then you'll, you'll be fine. Get on a lot better. What it does do, and I and I, I think the boys will, will bang me up here as well, is when there's insanely joyous times. It can be quite hard to get yourself up there as well, Aye. because you're, you're so you're you stay so in the middle ground. So what do you think it's like when you're at your highest, Kira? Well, there's a good question. In all honesty, when was the last time you you were at your highest in terms of what was the last thing we done that was like fucking hell? I think I think immense. that does look like see see though like because you have to get so used to things not panning out. When things actually do pan out, it's, it can be like sometimes hard to get excited. <laughs> Or even, or even believe that they're actually going to happen. A hundred percent. Do you mind? Uh, <laughs> one time we were playing in Manchester and we found that we'd sell double the amount of tickets we thought we'd done. It's Birmingham. What? Times, times like that are really good, actually. And you're like, well, we've sold three hundred tickets and we thought we'd sell two hundred. Aye, 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 aye. That. It was uh, Birmingham. <laughs> I remember they they only counted the pre-sale. Oh, the, f- I, I the forgot to count the pre-sale. The, the, no, they only counted the O2 pre-sale. Now, the O2 pre-sale always goes a day or two ahead of the pre-sale, and then it's the pre-sale, and then it's the normal general sale. So they'd only <laughs> counted O2 pre-sale, and there was something like 76 tickets. And we were like... It was a big oh, venue or a bigger venue? Aye, a bigger venue. Like, oh. And then fucking somebody came through with the facts later on, like a couple of hours later. Woo! <laughs> Needless to say, Birmingham was shut the fuck down. Aye, those those times are really good. They are some serious wins. Because you've really set yourself up for it, not not to be good. Ah, you've got the mindset, right? I'm playing 76 people here. Came quite away for this. Right, we need to do it, man. Every show, got to play it like it's 76,000. There we go. Knock it out of the park once again. But that, they things are, they're lovely little wins. But general fucking, like, oh, this could happen. That's gone. When you're this deep in the game, that aye. is gone. Aye. Aye. I think, uh, well, the last time, like, touch it, like, once you're off the plane in Bangkok and you're through the security, there's a guy, a mad guy there to pick you up. You're like, oh, fuck. I'm actually here. Aye. <laughs> but uh, read the, read the re- uh, rejection email, Dash, so, from BT. So, BT Sport got back with saying, um, they're going to go with one of the other demos that they had for the Europa League spot, but they were really impressed with what we went with. Uh, here's the feedback. So this is from um, someone at BT Sport. I've got to say that the producers were absolutely blown away by the quality of demos we had in. The LaFontaines really did put forward a very strong demo, and not winning it is no criticism at all. <laughs> it's just went a different way in the end, and we went with a particularly strong demo we had in. Thanks again for being so quick to turn it around. It's very much appreciated. There you go. So, got that, got that in today, and I must say, dwelled on it for between 10 and 12 seconds. But that's it, and we plod on. It'll be interesting to see, um, we'll definitely keep an eye out for for what the advert actually does become. Yeah, make sure if uh, if you hear it, 
that you tweet at BT saying this is fucking trash. Definitely not watching the Europa League now. Uh, no malice, but I've heard the LaFontaine's effort. That was really phenomenal. Uh, I'm not even a soccer fan, but I was tuning in just to hear that. Now I've heard this trash, I won't be tuning in again. I feel physically sick. I'm, I'm taking my business to Virgin. That's that. So, the dream is over. We should just break up the band. And Chuck they, it. I, <laughs> throw in the towel. So... Have you been a? Uh, have you been Jamie's journaling at all? Nah. Oh no! I can tell by the way you answered that that Jamie's journal might be now in the bin. No, it's not in the bin. Um, I got my. I took my laptop down to London, do but because mm-hmm. it'd be somewhere different for once, and then um, I forgot my charger. <laughs> Life's getting the road. I liked it better when there was no nothing life. to do. <laughs> I liked it better right, right in the lockdown where everything was shut. Hopefully, we'll yeah. get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and since we were last on the cast, we've had our own little uh, traveling man himself, Mister uh, <laughs> Mister Travel Bags. Travel there. Bags. <laughs> Travel bags, Magoch, as we call them. Did, did, did have my wee travel bags. How was your travel in escapades? It was good. Um, I went to Mull and I went to Isla. Um, really liked Isla. It was a cool place when he's been there. No, I've not been to Isla. It was quite quite picturesque. A lot of nice beaches, sandy beaches. Um, very sort of bits of it looked as if you could be in Greece or somewhere. Um, but it, it wasn't. It was in Scotland. And I went to this wee island called Ulva. Where there's like there's no cars or anything, and there's only like ten people live there. Fucking hell! Um, I went and camped there for a night. There's there's nothing really there. There's just like you, there's like a tiny wee boat that takes you across, and then there was this thing. I'd kind of looked it up. Um, the like a restaurant there, and it's meant to be like quite good. So I was like, cool. We'll go to the restaurant, get food there. Um, but have a walk around first. So went in to see the guy. But right, I'll be in at three. We're going to find somewhere to pitch a tent. We're walking for like four hours, like couldn't find anywhere to pitch a tent, like in the like blistering sun, like ran out of water and all that. Oh. Like, like need to make it back to this restaurant for three, or else there's no we're not going to eat dinner. Like got back there, like bang on three. I was like, right, cool table for two. And the guy's like, nah, we're shut. What? He's like, nah. Um, I was like, what do you mean you're shut? I come in and saw you. He's like, nah, we've. With no food, well, like you didn't say with no food, but you just kept going like no. And then I was like, "What?" So I'm like, "There's no other food on the island." <laughs> and what was that the, about? I think the guy did genuinely did sort of. Like, he was like busier than he expected. It's a wee tiny well, restaurant. Fucking ten folk there, and he's ran off his feet. Well, the, obviously there's, the there's, over to go there's, to the restaurant. Pe- I, there's people that visit for the day and stuff like that. Ah, okay, I see. Uh, but I had to fucking like plead with this guy to like give me something, and it was like. 50 quid for like a cheese board and like a wee bit of salmon <laughs> and this is after the, this is after like walking for like four hours like kind of not getting lost but like thinking we're going to walk somewhere to camp not being able to do it and then realizing it are much further away than we were so we're like pretty shook after that and then pretty shook after not not potentially getting the food why then, why why did you have to walk so far to somewhere to camp or well, we just walk well, on so, road? so we got there so we're getting the wee boat over it's a tiny wee boat it takes like five minutes and the guy on the boat was like that to him, like, 
we're going to camp for the night where where's good. So he gave us a wee leaflet. He's like, this is the nicest bit on the island. So, all right, cool. Ideal. <laughs> Started walking there. Walking for about two hours. Not even really there yet. <laughs> like, get there and it's just all like marsh and shit like that. Like, there's nowhere you could possibly camp. Oh, and then shit. had to just, just like turn around and walk back. Or else we're going to miss the... The, the three o'clock given time. So the, what did you do after you ate the scran? So ate the scran and then found did a wee bit of... eat the salmon? Aye. I uh, you had to do it. Had to do it. It was, it was... I know, I had planned on that anyway. It was, a, it was it was like a seafood restaurant. It's on. It's like the only thing there. It was definitely going to, to right, eat right, right. seafood. Aye. But they, they didn't have any, really. <laughs> uh, so then found a wee bit of, like King Ninia there. I'm like, cool, that looks good. Set up the tent. That was fine, no bother. I was like, right, I'm going to get wood to make a fire. Oh, fucking hell, fair grills. Started walking <laughs> over. Started walking over from, like, back from whence I came. And there was just all this water. I was like, oh, fuck, I don't remember the... Like, I thought it was going mad. I'm like, like why do I not remember there been water here? But, like, the tide was yeah, coming in. <laughs> <laughs> the tide was coming in. So I was like, fuck, we've pitched this tent and the tide's coming in there. So is the tent going to be fucking swept away? Is it going to be covered in water? But it was like at a bit where it, it that didn't happen. But I had this constant para for about two hours that it was going to get swept away. So that experience wasn't wasn't too great. But the, the rest of the trip was good. Did it put you off ever becoming a, a nature man? A man of the wild? Um, camping isn't really that fun. I didn't, especially when it's like that warm. Uh, sleeping in a tent is quite quite pish. You feel all stinking and it's all like condensation and stuff. So I probably wouldn't do that. Uh, uh, if I were to do it again, I probably would just stay in a. Build your own hut. Hotel. Is that the only night you camped. Or? That was the only night we camped. We did plan on camping more nights. Kind of left it kind of open ended a wee bit, just in case the weather was bad. Aye. And then the weather ended up being a wee bit overcast and a wee bit rainy, so we we ended up just camping one night. We were going to go to Gia, which is on our island near Isla um, so maybe go there in the future maybe camp there or I think there is one place you can actually stay there or some of them have both these as well aye, which aye. Is, maybe seems a wee bit nicer so was it alright even because you don't drive so was it like fine well that, that bit was fine of it I, I was expecting that to be a complete pain in the arse mm-hmm. um, but like I'd pure research like buses and that and as long as you show up when the buses are there it's no bother but I was expecting that to like Completely fuck it up, it'd be really hard, but it's actually no bother, man. Well, good to hear for any, um, any you know, traveling aficionados out there. <laughs> anyway, a few weeks ago, we got the opportunity to speak to a, a very talented man, uh, a guy I've been trying to speak to for a while. And without any, any big hoorah, as they say, here's our conversation with Jack from the Snacks. Heavy fire, 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Holy trips. I mean, mine. <laughs> How are they? <laughs> Good, mine. How are you? You're looking well, boys. So are you. I've been looking forward to having, like, Getting up leathery or even just meeting you. I, I assumed I would meet you at IRL as a kid, say. Not uh, happening, is it? But it's not happening, mate. So it's nice to connect via via the medium of Zoom. Likewise, mate. Likewise. And listen, by the way, what an honour. I'm talking to our number one artist. Oh, it's short-lived. Short-lived that experience, mate. Are you buzzing? Ah, well, I was, mate, for about a day and a half and then it's just back to business as usual. <laughs> Okay, there. We're we're still living off having a number thirty-three to a year ago. I I've got I've got a tattoo right up there, thirty-three. <laughs> I, I've got I've got a tattoo right up there. Wait, you could just do what you can do. That's the kind of thing. We'd be we'd be happy with anything. We'd be happy that the if you're happy with how your record sounds, man, that's kind of number one. If people are digging it, the rest of it's just a lot of nonsense, really, isn't it? I know that's been a thing for you, as we've experienced that through maybe all. The three records were made probably until the third one. Trying to transfer how you sound live onto a record. Aye, man. That was a problem for you, is it? That's something you, you you thought were like, how we got to do this? How we got to capture that energy? I think it's a tough one for bands. Like, the way it is now, man, like, I think everything's been done or some or some. For some reason, it feels like, you know, it's just not coming across on record. Maybe it's because of streaming and, you know, all the platforms that you kind of got to be excelling on. But do you think it's because things are too polished now? Possibly, man, no... It's almost as if there's just such a variation in music to listen to. Um, it's almost like sometimes it feels to me like that bands could never really want to get on the train. Sometimes I think it's maybe an ego thing or like, a, you know, just not what can I move with the times or whatever. Or like, can I been stuck in that kind of that pride of we're a band and this is what we do and we don't change that for anybody. Uh, and I think sometimes that can be a bit of a mistake. I think you've got to make sure you're, you're st- sticking with the times. See when I listen to your album, that's like before I, I heard the the full record, I thought I thought I knew what I was going to get. Like I thought this will fit this sort of mold, and it's not that at all. It's it's varied, man. It's it's you're not just a one thing. Yeah, man. Which is the biggest compliment I can give it. Thanks, man. I'm glad that like, that kind of comes across. I, I think you know as a band, that's a kind of that's a kind of mark you're trying to make. You know, you want you want to be kind of respected as musicians, um, but again, also just making sure that. You're kind of delivering what people, what people kind of originally maybe fell in love with. Um, I think just kind of, kind of towing that line all the time is something that we were we were doing in the record. Every time we kind of felt comfortable with what was happening, I was like, you know, how do we, how do we just push us, push us out of that comfort zone a wee bit and just kind of make it a bit surprising, you know, and be a bit less predictable. Did working with as many different producers help that you think in terms of switching up the palette? hundred percent, man. I think you know the first 
the first guy we went in was a guy called Info Man. He's just like a total enigma man. Like he's like, he's like, I don't think there's even a picture of this guy on Google Images. You know what I mean? And it's like, how how do you even do that in this day and age? There's nothing about him. And just going going in with this guy, it was like, basically took him like ten or fifteen songs or somewhere in between, just saying like, this is what we want to put down. And he just kind of listened to them all and was just like, no, <laughs> like we're doing none of these. And like nobody had ever really said no to us before. I think that was one. <laughs> and so we just kind of lost our minds. Like, well, this was over in LA. We tried to fly home the first day. You, you hated it right off the bat. Straight away, I was like, well, that's in the heart. I was, I was like, I'm the boss here, so we tried to fly home. And he, and he, he was in the same boat. He was like, just fuck off then, kind of thing. But after that, you know, he settled in. He just wanted to be like, you know, let's make something from scratch here, something new, something fresh. And that was something that we took. It took us like, kind of. A lot of time to put her, like our own ego aside and just go like let's let's give this process a try, you know, writing it on the spot. Um just kinda try to stick with the momentum. Um What age are you saw, Jack? Twenty six now, man. Kinda thought we'd put a first record out at about eighteen, that's we're about six years behind where we thought we would be. Because <laughs> you all look so young, but like that's a pretty mature attitude to have to be able to put your ego aside like that. But but then I think you're probably at the right age of you're no know, wee guy. Aye, that's it. You know the score. You know like this is a huge opportunity still to be here. Aye, that's it. I think it's it's about doing that, you know, and just kind of try to make sure that the music comes first because I think it's easy to kind of talk that talk, but I think walking that walk um, when you're making music is just like. It's a wild, it's a wild place to be, you know, because you're, you're so sure of who you are and what you are as a band, and people tell you, twenty four seven, what you are as a band. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it was that kind of, you know, being told that, and it was us kind of trying to always prove ourselves and everybody else wrong way, just going, let's do something that's away from what we what we've always done. What made you like no go home? I think just that that opportunity. We're just kind of four wee guys. All these stone messes and fucking the middle of LA, like. <laughs> How do we get him? Basically, man, it's just that whole. I think it's just trying to embrace you. I don't like it here. <laughs> I, honestly, I was, I was miserable, man. Honestly, three weeks we were met to stay for one week, end up staying for three, and I was just miserable the whole time. But I think just, I think you know, you sometimes find yourself thriving outside your comfort zone and the challenge. Um, I think that's the thing that kind of kept us here, and, mm. and working in that way. And I think it's something that. Having that experience, we just tried to, you know, bring into the rest of the record and every other producer we came in with, you know, we kind of had, like, PTSD for these sessions. Um, so every every session we went into after that was just pure hurt, man, and heartache. <laughs> was the plan, like, you, you scrapped everything that you had and then you just went and wrote on the spot, really? Pretty much, man, and, uh, and it kind of... It was something that was great because, you know, we, I mean, we turned up with, like, our pedals, our amps, all the stuff that we loved, and it was just like, no... To get rid of all that, like you're not using any of that. <laughs> you know, like that was good. You flew all that early, eh? Aye, it's just like, what is going on, man? Uh, and I think just trying to do something new on the spot that was like, it was exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like I think that everything we had, that we had brought, I think to that stage was something that we could jam out in the room, start Aye. to finish. Um, and it's just if you play it live, and then I think we were so uh, comfortable just having that a huge kind of energetic crowd in front of us, and I think. Almost, almost. Maybe sometimes we had we used that to kind of make up, you know, the the second half of the song. You know, they were doing so aye, much aye. work that that energy was doing a lot of the work. Then you, you strip that back, man, and you're kind of like, musically you're, you're naked. That's such a good aye. point, man. You'd make the the crowd would fill in the kind of mm-hmm. give them the basis and goes like you just carry that on. You get the ideas, the chorus and the verse, right? We're done. Next. That's it, man. So that it was just started like that, and you know it would be. Uh, Kind of like all your friends was the first one that we wrote in that session, 
I think that's probably the song that kept us there. Um, I think it was like kind of the first day Callum put that bass line down. It was basically, he was just jamming the corner. He was miserable as well, kind of going, dun, 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 dun. Big info was just like that. Like, yo, record that. And it like just so recorded, record, recorded it on his phone. Um, and then for there, you know, it's like, right, this is actually really fucking cool. Like, you know, it's a kind of bass line that we'd be right in there. Probably would never, never start with that. We're always really chordy, really like, you know, vocal heavy, man. Um, so just putting that down, it just became like just this momentum of writing writing a song was something we'd never done before. Uh, so it was cool. How man. would you usually it. write songs then, Jack? Would it be like you and bring something to the boys, or would you all get in a room together? I a bit of both, man. I think there's just so many ways now that we write songs. Probably why everything sounds so stupid and ridiculous and different to each other. But mostly, it was always just I'd sit there in my bedroom or that with a guitar, and just I like to lay it all out. Uh, you know, it's still, it's still a kind of way we sometimes do it, and and I just play it in the corner, like in front of the boys. And if anybody picked up on it, I'd be like, right, let's do it. And if, if nobody picked up on it, I'd just never hear it again. I'd go in a fucking huff. You'd kind of like sneak it in, sort of. I always would never like I've wrote this song. I'd just be like, I'm just playing. If you seen, something. if you seen their ears perking, then we got like, let's let's roll with this one. Aye, that's it, and it's it's one of the But I think that that because we we're writing so much on the acoustic, it was kind of dominating what we were doing. You know, the kind of chord patterns and stuff like that were dominating. And I think, Aye. you know, we were really conscious towards the end of the record, especially to make sure that there was still stuff like that in there. You know, because I think it's so, when you get in that zone, you're getting excited about making music. You know, you can kind of forget why people supported you. You know, without them, you would ne- you would never be able to kind of get these opportunities. So I think we kind of, when the record was close to being done, we are like, make sure that there's still that shit that people love. So songs that I wrote on the guitar brought to the boys it's nice to just have that kind of contrast for us well also you need to make sure that the live show remains the, the main selling point absolutely man if that's what a snuts fan is like, I, like you should see them live man that's what it's all that's what it comes that's to that's it life. man you can't then be a full album full of fucking ballads or something do you know what I mean uh, that's it man it just won't work so that that's super important so for, for him then from that guy info, was it called Info Man Info I-N-F-L-O He's fucking incredible Like you know You check his back catalogue Man it's like You know it's quite kind of Hip hop based Or like kind of R&B soul stuff man It's really fucking Cool It's stuff we are Stuff like music We are really interested in But I've never been able to You know like Kind of take a bit of it And you know Kind of try and cross over aye, aye. That kind of indie guitar world And mm-hmm. I think that was really important For us to just to know that We can blend some genres You know and So it was, it was great for that Mate I think that That's the whole thing With genre now I don't think it exists Yeah industry like to put things in boxes and go so they can yep. easily package it and sell it but yep. mate like i happily listen to like hip-hop and then indie or then like that's it. you can hear that you can hear that in your stuff you know what i mean and i think it's important just to and you people if people don't get it straight away they fucking eventually get it that's what i think 100 percent, mate 100 percent, <laughs> man they just keep battering them with it until they fucking understand <laughs> that's that's what happens that's so it, for man. him where, where did you go for him who was the next producer you worked with then after him we were kind of we had this lull after mm-hmm. after him writing we were just like you know we didn't didn't really know what, what we were trying to write anymore uh I don't know if we knew how to write in a way that was kind of how we always did it. Uh, so we had this horrible lully, like, what are we, what the fuck are we doing, man? We're like, the record should have been finished. <laughs> uh, and after him, we went to a guy, Rich Costey, and he was like the polar opposite. He's done some, these big fucking massive, massive songs, like Muse, Supermassive Black Hole. He'd done like, uh, 
done the first class Vegas record and that, so it's like, oh, that's kind of crazy stuff. Um, and he was like, we were in with him for two days, and with him we done Juan Belmonte, maybe California. And cool. usually it was t- everything we were doing before that was taking fucking weeks. Um, and he was just like, one day banged that out, Juan uh, Belmonte that day, maybe California the next day. Uh, and this was again, it was just a kind of, we're extending the sound. I think Juan Belmonte was the first one we were kind of we put out. Um, in a while and it was a bit fucking mad sounding and big and different and it's still guitar but you know it was kind of in the future it felt a bit like you know it was kind of it, it worked you know uh, so we went in with him that felt good see Jack when you're singing as well like is your uh, is your singing style change when you go into something that sounds as different as that then do you approach it differently I think like just one thing that we were always really inspired by is just try to work with different guys I think you learn so much and I think sometimes bands are always so like again it's that ego thing where you're like you never want to do anything more than like you know yourself you feel like you know you don't want to collaborate with people in a way and that's what it should be you know you should be learning for these guys um, so I think like uh, singing wise I think that a lot of stuff I was taking for these guys was like um, pronunciation number one <laughs> like I, I have the terrible pronunciation so try to get like the words try to get what I'm trying to say across and actually being able to understand it um, it was a big one. But then um, it's also it's also making sure that you don't the lose the essence of what your style is. That's it, man. But I mean, I, I mean, I think like you know, especially like on that record, I, was, I remained a control freak from start to finish, and that's yeah. something that I, I like to on the next record make sure that I kind of let, let people in a bit more. Uh, mm. But like vocally, I think it's like it's nice getting these new styles in, and you can get like a lot more. Like I listen to a lot of soul music and stuff like that. And you know, like the vocals on these, where it's just like big, and, you know, really going for it, and kind of not, kind of uh, not being too kind of like restricted with the melodies and stuff like that. I think that's something that I learned off just kind of working with these guys who have so much experience under their belt. What we've been listening today, Bobby Blueland. I've not heard. I've not heard that, mate. I'm uh, like uh, maybe a smooth radio guy. Maybe I'm right <laughs> down the middle. <laughs> well, I, Jack, see, uh, you were a, you were a joiner. You've got your you've got your tickets. Um, time served time served brother I'm working well I, I, was, I stopped working on Monday but I was working with like Kit Erectors um, Magic the joiner was it what kind of joinery were you doing all sorts man we do quite like, like a lot of extensions and kitchens and uh, like renovations uh, it was just me me and one other guy he took me on when I was like 15 or something like that off the streets so is, is uh, he got another another wee apprentice now then or Ah, he's got a few boys now, but he's never been able to replace me. Absolutely, man. <laughs> Did you sort of day trade? Aye, man. They've got uh, 29 in the base. He was a roofer, roughcaster mm-hmm. uh, with the council. So he was like, he made he made his own rules. <laughs> Job for life. Made his own rules, like, played played the system, man. It was pretty pretty beautiful to watch the way he did it. <laughs> Joko is a mechanic. Uh, so he's like, he's good. Because, you know, we're still quite interested in it. You know what I mean? Like, we all really like, like all that shit. Joe... I remember doing an interview once and I said, like, Joe is a, uh, he's a professional stoner. So, like, now every time I see people, like, do a backstory, they always, like, say, Jack, joiner, uh, <laughs> fucking Joko mechanic, Callum Ruffer, and then it's, like, Joe stonemason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah>. class. <laughs> uh, but I know, so we've done all that, but I think, you know, it was always a goal to be able to give it up. I, don't, I think when you make this stuff, you've got to be able to dedicate 100% of your time to it. You always need to kind of keep a job that you don't mind dropping. Aye, or, it, or, it, or it can be, or like if you know a boy like, like me, I'm, I need to go away on tour for three weeks. Can I come back and get this job, sort of thing? Like they, they trades like that are just 
ideal for that sort of scenario. Definitely, and they're usually man. all all support you and, and like, I fucking on you go. Do you know what I mean? It's, that's it's usually aye. like Surround that. yourself with these kind of people, eh? That's it, man. It would seem to me, man, like it's almost like the perfect balance. Being like the ages are having worked normal as fuck jobs to then having like can I be like top boys? I think you get you get a perfect balance then. Where you are right now is like the the perfect level of your. If that happened to you when you were eighteen, that would be aye. It'd be a different story. Hundred percent, absolutely fucked. Hundred percent, you thought it's pure easy. It's just like pick up a tar, go. I'm fucking the match. Oh, we always had like I think you know we always felt like we had so much to lose by you know putting everything in there. So every any session we went in there, even any day in the room, just rehearsing, there was always so much to lose by. No fucking taking this seriously, kind of thing is that was the kind of attitude. So I think that's like the whole like no giving up in these all, like terrible fucking sessions and shit. So we saw we saw pals for school like primary school. Well, I Joko Joe and uh, twenty nine. They were they met at, like fucking when they were like three year old or something like that uh, at like nursery or something. And I met them. Uh, I think it was something like I met them when I was like eight or nine or something. That basically I wasn't able to play on my school football team for some reason. I went to a different primary school. I must have been a wee dick. And that was always the one that stopped me, like, you're not getting to play football anymore. So I used to just go down to their training on a Friday, their school, and I think that's, <laughs> it. I think that's how we met, because I had pals in there, so just the coaches let me play with them. Are you, uh, say, are you still playing fives? Fives on a Thursday now. It's great. That's one of the great things about the pandemic, because we're off tour and stuff like that, so you get to get to play five sides. I play with... Uh, Aiden Halliday, a keyboard guy, um, Wait, band. Aye, aye. Uh, we've, been, we've been working with him all year, man. Uh, I seen he was, on, I seen he was playing at, like on a, a session with you or whatever. Aye, man, he's doing a lot of stuff live, like, cause he does a lot of the designing of the shows and stuff like that for um, for Capaldi, and we, I love like fucking interludes and stuff like that. I love like live sets to be like designed start to finish. Uh, aye, so it's like a show. That's it, and it's like even when we're like, for example, choosing like the track list on the album, that's that was always. In my head, like, I wasn't really wanting to take any advice with off anybody on what order it should go, because I was like, this should, you know, I feel like I've been doing this long enough, I know how to kind of keep people, like, uh, interested in what's happening musically, you know what I mean? That was right. a big kind of driving force of the, the track list for that, you know, you, you don't, like, kind of give everybody every, all the fast stuff in a winner, and then, you know, finishing with the end, and the board at the end, and kind of splitting it up, some of the slow stuff in the middle, bring it back up drop it back down like all that, all that stuff that you you know you like doing it you like doing when you're playing live it's hard to uh, to fight for that now as well because like labels whatever especially major labels they just want like Hi. just front load it best songs top four Aye, songs who cares rest can be that's filler it. that's it it's a funny it's a funny game as well because you you know you're just learning as you go making records now it's not like you're making a record 20 years ago like half the time your records are, you know you've always been pushed to put music out which you know I've kind of came to make my peace with but you put out, everybody puts out so much singles. Um, so by the time the record's done, you're like, you know, your diehards have heard, your diehards have heard everything. So that was like having this wee bit of extra time, just make sure, like, you know, let's get as much on this for the diehards as possible as well. You know, I mean, it's it's so important to do that, and it's also just not important to kind of forget that you've got new people coming in who won't see you live, who have never Aye. seen you live. So it's just to kind of again just that balance, man. What's it like being on the the major label, mate? Is it has it been? Has it been a joyous experience? Or has it been harder? Bro, <laughs> 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 care. It's great. Next. <laughs> Absolutely, bro. It's fucking, it's fucking intense, man. But I think it's good because, like, you know, that, that pressure, there's a lot of pressure that comes with, like, you know, with Aye. every call and you're, you know, you're battling, you're battling people creatively. And, you know, you, I think you're always trying to make sure that you're 
kind of winning creatively, song-wise, music-wise, mm-hmm. how how you come across. Um, and I think it's just knowing what what kind of how to die on. Uh, sometimes <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, but I think it's good. I, I, I think it, it's something we thrive in. Just kind of like you know, you might be competing at the top level. That's kind of the way we kind of look at it almost. Uh, and they've got they've kind of got that. They're putting that fucking pressure on you twenty four seven. So I think at the start really fucking intense. But I think just kind of try to learn to manage it and see what's important. You know, making sure that the music kind of. You know, you've you've got a good grip on that. You're listening to people, but you know, you're still ultimately, you know, developing and getting better, understanding, controlling what you're trying, what you're trying to be. But also, it helps me. Like if you're all so close and you've been together for so long, you've always got each other's back there, so it makes the decisions ah, like it, it falls in and you guys like you all share the burden, it you know. That's it, man. It's like it's good, man. Really, you know, you, you kind of I think one thing with with the kind of terms of the major label is yeah, quite um push you for you to kind of take risks and stuff like that um, and I think it's nice to you know like kind of be too safe as a band man uh, you know that's like kind of like for example like Juan Belmonte like sonically I was like this is is this a bit much for us but you know I even I mean? thought like, that with, uh, with Elephants Jack like see when, <laughs> see when I heard that didn't expect that at all we were well in the well well zone like the Elephants was one like let's see how fucking far we could push I probably would have tried to go further if I could by the time we'd got to Elephants man it was like we'd kind of made a peace with like not being too worried about what people were going to think you know Aye. like kind of been like right we've, we'd put out a couple of songs like I think at this point we'd put out like we'd put out One Bill Monty anyway which is a bit fucking daft and then I think we might have put out Coffee and Cigarettes which was the one I was like worried about the most man and I was like that is fucking bonkers and uh, <laughs> by the time by the time that they two had been like accepted I was just like right we can do what the fuck we want now Elements is like all like <laughs> Actual like elephant noises off of YouTube sampled in, and then like yeah. six six rooms in the amp, like all like blasting an elephant noise, and then making <laughs> up for the making up for the corridor outside like ten hours on like one elephant. <laughs> it's like, but it, it works in the end, doesn't it? Sounds fucking great, and then it's a story in it. It's- well, that that one was in me like uh, that one was in me Tony Hoffer who kind of got on and kind of like see kind of like saved the record, man. To be honest with you, because it was kind of looking like who's got to finish this. Uh, you know, we wanted to make sure we didn't just try and like go really easy, and like we still wanted to make sure there was something that someday, like a driving force, that could kind of push it into a like a more modern place. That's something we kind of do. It's, it's a bit of a cliche, but I, you know, I think it's something quite exciting about trying to make something a wee bit more modern all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like by even, and I think sometimes by doing that, it's just like looking back as well, which is a funny, funny way to look at it. But uh, he's done like a lot of stuff with like Beck. And like, if you listen to any Beck record, it's like that, especially the ones he's done, it's absolutely bonkers, man. Beck production, mental, mate. Aye, that's it, man. So it's good having somebody, you know, just to kind of like, you need somebody to keep pushing you and just going like that, like, you know, see if, can you push that further, like, you know, instead of, instead of that guitar there, like, why not an elephant noise? <laughs> <Can I>? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say to, uh, to celebrate the number one? We just got a, hired a big tour bus and we got a, we parked the bus up in level zero. Right. And uh, just just filled just filled it with all our mates. Uh, oh, definitely, man. Quite fucking right, mate. The thing is, I'd gave up on the dream because, like, you know, like, even like four months before it, like, you know, like everybody, management level. To be honest, even the band, you know, like all kind of like top ten. That's the goal, and that it's got to be a top ten or whatever. I'm like, oh, like I wrote it down about three years ago. It's like it's got to be number one, like number one album. It's got to be, it's got to be that. So by like we were, the Monday came, and we went in at number one. And I was like. 
this is the worst thing. I wanted to go in at like number four or something. And or three, like And like getting, you know, you know, people were going to rally behind it, but I was like, and number one, fuck's sake. Then the Tuesday, number one again, like, fuck, this is horrific. Three, three <laughs> Wednesday, Wednesday, number one again, I was like, right. And I, when it came to Wednesday, I was like, there's no fucking way we'll do this in. Uh, then the Thursday came, and Thursday came, and you got to be up there in the morning, so my manager was like, right, guys, right. So yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, Demi, Demi Lovato, she'd done, um, she'd done 10,000 or something, something mad. Like she was doing nothing like that every other day, and I was just like, right, that's a dream, dead, yeah, dead yeah. in the water. Like, there's nothing we can do. But uh, so, like, I basically, like, my girlfriend took me out of the house on the Friday morning just because I hadn't spoken like eight hours or something like that. <laughs> and uh, so we went outside and sat down at a wee pond. And I was just like, ah, oh, fuck it, it's, it's done in that. Number two is alright in that, but uh, <laughs> number two is not alright. Number two is not alright. And uh, then I got a wee phone call, and it was like the guy for like the head of their label phone man he's like he's quite like me we got on quite well because he's a miserable bastard uh, and he's like uh, I, lo- I love doing all these guys accents it's fucking great he's a scouse so he's like that now, how you doing Jack yeah he's like I was like ah not bad I've kind of accepted it whatever like we're going to get number two and that and he's like I says how are you feeling and he's going ah mixed emotions and I'm like he just paused for it. we fucking did it I just fucking hung up on him straight away. I was just like, <laughs> what do you mean mixed emotions? Oh, brilliant, man. Uh, it was just a mad one because we weren't expecting it. We were just in there in tears like me and my bird like, Ugh. Ah, that's amazing, man. That's, that's a, a great story. Huge moment, mate. That's so cool. Ah, it's funny, man. It was, you know, it's one of the things that's like, why do you make sure, like, because it's a funny one when you get into that place where you're asking people to get behind something because, you know, you ultimately just want them to be connecting with it and fucking, and I think, there was a nice balance that people actually did like connect with the record they connected with the story of the band and stuff like that and I think that was like a huge part of how we managed to do it you know what I mean mm-hmm. and people were buying it people were going to record stores and buying it you know they're doing, doing all the stuff that people used to do and it kind of gave a voice to bands anyway you know we might, we might be like on a major label and you know got in with these great guys but we still kind of to fight to get to that position Absolutely. The we were stuck fighting to the last minute. <laughs> You're not a manufactured band. He's come up together, he's put the graft in, and and it just so happened that he's, he's get picked up and and managed to get an opportunity to get into these rooms, but you still you were still there, you still kicking every ball. That's it, man. Did lockdown play into your hands? Or did it make it harder, you think? Uh, I think it played personally for me, like I can only speak for myself, but I think it played into your hands a bit because you got to kinda of look Look at what we had on the record. Look what was missing, um, and just kind of like just get your, get your head in a place again where you could focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot, I feel like the recording of the record was filled with a lot of worry. You know, what if people don't like this? What if we can't do this? What if it doesn't achieve that? You know, what if we don't fucking do this? Or what if we stop yeah. selling tickets because of this or whatever? Uh, so I think lockdown just kind of made it easy just to focus in and like, all right, calm down, fucking let's make this happen or whatever. Uh, and for example, like, so I feel, feel like we had it all done. Everything was good to go. And like, I'd kind of been battling. I was there was stuff, there was songs on there that were important to me uh, that I wanted on there, and maybe ran out of time, or maybe labels or producers didn't they, you know, didn't they rate them in a sense that worked for them or whatever. Um, so one day I just kind of phoned my front of the house. Uh, I was like, can you just record a couple of these songs for me in acoustic? Uh, recorded them. Sent them. It's just like four songs that I because I always I like kind of deluxe side stuff and extra stuff. It's yeah. all like kind of 
try to get people just a wee bit more knowledge of what the fucking what, okay. what's going on. And uh, so we recorded them rapid basically anyway. And I sent them away, and they were like, "I just let's get these recorded." So I went like, you no, know, went down just me and twenty nine. And there's a guy, an uh, engineer guy we work with all the time, a fucking legend, uh, Richard Woodcraft, and he recorded them for me. Uh, got, he's got a uh, mate that plays a cello. He's fucking unbelievable, man. Like, musicianship of this guy. I've never heard the songs. Me, 29, and him. And Richard just sat down, bottle of whiskey, and the guy just got the cello out, recorded all, four songs, like, on the spot. Never heard them. Just pure vibe as fuck. Uh, and then when, when I got those finished, man, I was like, right, this is fucking a bit of me now. Like, you know, there's nothing, nothing Aye, missing. it felt more like your record then. Like, Aye, man, steady, like a big compilation. Of this, yeah. You know, the thing, I, I, these, these songs for me, but like allowed me to kind of tie it up and go, you know, name the record. I couldn't get the, I couldn't get the name for the record, right? So I'm like, what the fuck is this thing? And so like a lot of singles as well, and, like try to piece it together in a fucking story that, that makes sense. So I think just getting those ones in there, like, there was kind of no rules in those songs. Like, no, mm-hmm. nobody tried to dilute the fucking message or whatever, or the verses or make the chorus bigger. It was just these fucking songs. Are you busy going tour with the cooks, Jack? Aye, man, I'll be a belter. Like, it's a... Uh, like we've not done a lot of that. Like, you know, us coming up, we were quite, we were quite weird about it. Like, I think because we, d- we were only for Glasgow and we were only for Edinburgh, uh, you know, we never managed to kind of make any of these connections that a lot of bands do with other bands we were really fucking standoffish and shit like that at the start like we were mate we are the worst band <laughs> we've supported a lot of bands but like see because we don't like I suck up to them I don't know but like see being Aye, like that's it. love you guys like and then it's fucking and, <laughs> like, I, we, we get not a, a job Aye, that's it man it's a funny the, one I think the that's scene. the scene that's it, it kind of <laughs> breeds that eh? like and as a young band you know when you've got a lot to prove when you feel like you know nobody's Nobody wants anything to do with you who kind of, you're taking the Fridays and the Saturdays at all these venues, you know, week aye, in, week aye. out. You're just kind of like, oh, fuck you, kind of thing. Aye, aye. <laughs> uh, no, so, that, so we've never really kind of, we've never really done that, but again, like, you know, through this process of doing whatever we've been doing, you know, kind of try to grow up a bit, try and get that, keep that mentality to a certain extent, but also, you know, like, kind of, you know, you, you need to spend time with other musicians and stuff you like do, that. Mate. You want to, aye. You want to see what they're doing live and you want to see how you can do it and, how you can learn from them so I'm looking forward to, to doing that it's nice to get out to um, nice to play half an hour a night as well I love that shit <laughs> I love supporting somebody and then like you can you finish the gig and you can get a drink but like the gig's still going on but you, you're no hat for him you can just brilliant eh okay. plus Bye. half an hour in man nobody expects it and go and smash it knock it out of the park then catch aye so look, looking forward to that uh, it's nice to, to do something like that because you get I think when you're doing a bit of support stuff like we went out with Capaldi and it was nice just having a bit of time during the day to you know like deal with other shit focus like 100% on the live um, so I'm looking forward to it man what's fucking happening up your neck of the woods how come everybody is just fucking smashing it fuck knows man it must just be like luck or something uh, I don't Wait, know I think it, so far we've had we've had Luke Lavolpe we've had Adam for Youngblood we've uh, Aye, man. And, and we've had Obviously, you own the Stanley Capaldi one, but I mean, that's like the amount of people up there that are. It's mad. Aye, that's it, man. You've got, like, there's a boy, Mark Sharp, as well. That's uh, right. Oh, aye, aye. Same part, part of, you know, we all played in those, I mean, there was no venues where we were from. There was literally like one. What By the time we were all aged, you know, we're all similar age. Mm-hmm. By the time we were all like kind of 15 or whatever, you could start kind of playing in these places, but there was literally like one place and everything else was just boozers. Uh, so I, I don't know I think it's something I always kind of get asked that quite a lot and I always think it's that kind of domino effect uh, 
it just takes one person to start doing well for people who are close to that uh, or close to them or Aye. you know knows them well or has followed what they're doing to kind of believe in themselves a bit more that's always where I see it you know as soon as as soon as you see Lewis doing it at a level that fucking blows your mind you're like well that, how can I not do it you know what I mean and I think that's something that you like to I think it's especially in like kind of small small towns or whatever it kind of that inspiration breeds inspiration I think so did he uh, did he give you any grief? I remember you played the, the Capaldi card right at the end when you thought we're finished. We played in Let's Lose, shouting at the album like buy the album sort of thing, and then it was like all these Demi Lovato fans going nuts. Ah, they were, they were terrifying, man. They were terrifying, <laughs> but it was good. It was good because like Lewis was messaging me in the morning, like was he getting an update every morning where you are, like when you're on your own week one or whatever. Uh, he's like, what's your scores in the doors and that? And I think like he was he was holding back, but I, we both ultimately knew he was going to have to do something. Good on him. Listen, Jack man, it's been an absolute fucking pleasure speaking to you, mate. Likewise, mate. Let's do it again, mate. Hopefully I'll see you about in a, in IRL and Yes, mate. I've just learned that new word, man. I'm liking it. It's IRL. Working, man. Working. <laughs> Jack from Snuts, that was class. Uh, always good to get a chin wag. As always, sign up to the Patreon, get involved, like, subscribe, tell people at you know, family meetings what you've been doing up, what you've been up to. Oh, I'll tell you what I was up to. I was listening to this Laugh on Teens podcast, really, really blew my mind. You would really like it. You would love say it. I say that, say you'd love it actually. <laughs> it's funny, see, <laughs> see when people say that, <laughs> like you would love it. That's like someone you don't know or something. <laughs> You would you love like this. listening to things. L- listen to this. And then put us on. And then and then subscribe to the, the Patreon. Oh, when folks say, is there anything good to watch? And say, what about, what about try, try this out instead? This is like watching Aye, your treat ears. your ears to this. <laughs> because you love it so much, you want to, to fund it. To keep, keep us it in furry boots. That would be our, our only advice, really, to, if it would, to leave you with anything today. It would, it would, if, if there was one thing you were going to do, sign up week. to it. Um, because it's it's very important, actually very important. It is actually very important. Totally, just for I mean your own well-being. <laughs> he does more than me need you, but we also really do need you. <laughs> so I thanks very much for listening. As we say in the podcast, we've been saying it for a while. We've been saying uh, peace. Dad's always Dad's kind of got off. Uh, unity. He's all about that. That's Love. right. Good love. love over there. And uh, tell a nation tag a pal. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and as we often say, I like when you, you'll be saying that when you're 80. <laughs> Good night, Vienna, as we say. Peace and love.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.